0: Anyone been in that situation, had to come home and tell mum about something that's happened? Yep. I remember coming home, telling my mother, and my mother said, as mothers often do, well, we'll have to see what your father says when he comes home. <laughs> How often does that happen? So there we are. So I can remember though, sometime later, I remember sitting in the corner of what was our family room, just absolutely cringing, you know, and just wanting to disappear as I waited in total apprehension, having to tell Dad. It wasn't actually about what I had done, but it was about being told that we might be expelled from school. And I can still remember, that that memory has no power over me now, I can still remember sitting in that room in that chair just waiting for Dad to come home, just feeling absolutely dreadful, like my world had crashed, I had caused such whatever it was, but these feelings that just absolutely flowed through me and around me, they were very powerful. So sometime later, when Dad came home from work, I had to tell Dad what had happened. So Dad listened to my story, and he saw the total overreaction to the teacher, thankfully, and reassured me that we'd not done anything wrong and that we're not likely to be expelled. Big sigh of relief, I can tell you, So I knew that I had Dad's support. That was really important and that all would be well. That all would be well. It was. There was no more comment from the school, but there was a lot of discussion between my friends and myself about what had happened. As I said, you'd have a good laugh, but I won't tell you. (laughs) The point of the story is this, though. It's actually not about what's happened. It's about how I felt about it. That's really the point of the story. Can anyone identify with feeling like that? Yeah, I'm sure you can. I think we can. Times when we've simply felt so bad about ourselves and it's, a, it's a, something we can't even describe. It's just an indescribable, horrid feeling. We all make mistakes at times, as we know, and it's quite normal to have that feeling and that feeling really says we're flawed or that something's wrong with us, that sinking feeling that comes with the realisation we've messed up somehow. Can anyone identify with that? Yeah. Yeah. So where do these feelings come from? And this is where I want to go this morning. Where did all of this come from? Well, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to help us as we go through this. So Holy Spirit, I ask you just to come and just lead us through this next part. Holy Spirit, you know each of us and you know all of the things we've experienced and all of the things that have led to these feelings in our lives. And right now we just declare that these feelings have no power over us. And Holy Spirit, that you are here just to bring us and remind us that the Lord is around us at all times and that God has never, ever stopped loving us, not for a split second at any time. So let's go back. It goes back to Genesis 3. So it goes back to the garden. So the story in Genesis 3, as you remember, Adam and Eve, you remember the story, were deceived by the serpent in the garden and that serpent is still at work deceiving people today. The serpent, the devil, told Adam and Eve that their eyes would be opened if they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and that had been forbidden by God. The serpent told them if they did that, they would be like God. So they did, and their eyes were opened all right, but it was not at all as the serpent had told them. They were not like God. They became aware of themselves and their own nakedness, and they were immediately ashamed. This is where this comes from. At that moment, they were covered in shame. They were clothed in it, that horrible feeling that they'd messed up and they'd done something wrong. They wore it on themselves. It's possible, but we don't know for sure. It's possible they'd been clothed in the glory of God up till that time. It's possible. We don't know that for sure until that moment. And, of course, the glory is a manifestation of the presence of God. So today, that serpent The devil still entices, he still deceives and then if we trip up, when we trip up, it's actually a when, not an if because we all trip up from time to time, what he does, he condemns and then tries to expose us. Those feelings that we have are very real feelings but the origin go right back to that point. So that same devil, that same serpent still entices, still trips us up, still deceives. Then what he does is he turns on us, tries to expose us. Nothing about his ways have changed. But we know that Jesus has defeated him for once and for all on the cross of Calvary, and therefore he has no power over us. He must come under the authority of Jesus. So this morning I want us to be equipped, I want us to be aware, I want us to be equipped, and I want us to be prepared for the times when he comes and wants to hang around us. Yeah, so let's stop for a moment and look what else God did in the garden. This is really amazing when we think about it. Before he did what he had to do, which was to judge the sin of disobedience and send Adam and Eve out of the garden, which must have been terrible for them, but we're not going to dwell on that. Genesis 3.21 has one simple verse. This is what it says. Also, also, for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin. And clothed them. He covered the shame of their nakedness at that point. He covered that shame at that point. He clothed them with the skin of an animal. The first shedding of blood, which later Jesus was to shed and has shed for once and for all, that not only covers it, but removes it like it never happened. So we would be carriers of God's presence and walk in his glory once more. This was an act of love. Just think about this. When God did that, it was an act of love. You see, God never stopped loving Adam and Eve. Never. And he has never stopped loving you. That act of love to cover that—that—that that, that what was causing them to feel what they were feeling at the time. There were still other things that had to be dealt with, and we're not going to do that this morning. But the point I want to make is that that act of love of God to cover them, absolutely in the middle of everything else and sometimes we can uh, see the the judgment side of it and all the things that happen but right in the middle there's that one line and also God this is what he did so God has clothed you in love from the beginning of time so how do we experience some of these feelings in our life today let's just have a little look at this This morning, this question may mean something to you personally, but certainly a very big issue for the society in which we live and work. I was really surprised when I was looking at uh, the YouTube channel this week, or last week, and I was just researching release from shame. So if you go into YouTube and you just type in release release from shame... I found all sorts of remedies. I mean, it went on. The number of uploads went on and on and on and on and on. So that immediately says that it's something that our culture yeah. is dealing with. Yeah. You, it's, the remedies range from everything, from guided meditation to get rid of it, methods to overcome it, how to free yourself, hypnosis, Reiki, and in the midst of summer, God's truth. But the list of uploads is enormous. The truth is that Jesus has already done it. Jesus has already done it. We can't do it ourselves. We don't need to do it ourselves. We don't need to meditate on it. We don't need hypnosis. We can't run away from it. We confront it and Jesus deals with it. That's the truth. He's done it and he deals with it. So when that serpent comes around and hangs around, we say, no, Jesus has dealt with this. This is not mine. Shame has to do with our identity. That's what the struggle's about. It's about our identity. It's got nothing to do with our behaviour. Shame has to do with how we see ourselves and who who we think we are. And that comes from the lies of the serpent who entices and trips up, then says negative things. Just leave it at that. That's where it comes from. So the Bible describes it in the Old Testament as something that we're clothed in, something that we feel about ourselves, a sense of being disapproved of or being disgraced. I can't describe the exact feelings I felt as a little girl there, a young woman anyway. I can't describe the exact feelings. I remember. The, I remember. You know, It's hard to put words into it. I felt bad, I can tell you. Now, there's many other times in my life when things have happened, and I have felt bad as well and I realised that was shame. That was the enemy lying about me, lying to me, lying about me. I've learned over a long period of time now to recognise that and to walk free of that. But I have to tell you that was something that recurred in my life you know, quite, for quite a long period of time because we all get into situations where that can rise up. So that's why I want you to be equipped this morning and aware and know what the truth is because the truth sets us free, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. truth sets us free. So that confusion is all about who we really are and how God sees us. So God never stopped loving Adam and Eve, yep. didn't change who they were. What they did didn't change who they were. What they did didn't change God's love for them. What's happened to us or what we've done doesn't change who we are or God's love for us. It doesn't change it one bit. The confusion is so evident in what we see and hear around us. We can all experience this sense or feeling in life circumstances because it's been handed down to us through the generations and that's why society is dealing with it. So I sense that from the Holy Spirit this morning there may be some here or who are watching this morning who've experienced some of the pain associated with those feelings. Well, the good news is Jesus, the healer, is here this morning and he's going to heal those areas and heal that pain. Don't worry, we're not going to single anyone out this morning. We're going to pray together at the end with Jesus. Is that good? Jesus is already here. So So it can get into our lives in many ways, and I'll just cover a little bit just to to give us a a, a bit of insight. It could be because of a broken relationship, a broken home, a broken marriage, the loss of a significant person, the loss of a position, a job, financial hardship, something that's been done to us or something that we have done. It could be a whole range of things. And I also remember as a girl at school how difficult it was for, for those who couldn't have their friends at home because home wasn't a great place. And I can remember how difficult it was for those who couldn't join in certain activities, either because of health issues or disabilities, etc. Those things can lead to these feelings of shame. And I'm sure that you'll all have seen these things if you haven't experienced them yourself. And some of the ways in which we can recognise it is wanting to disappear. I wanted to disappear in that corner of my family room, I can tell you. I really did. (laughs) Wanting to disappear or to run away, to disconnect from others. It's it's a much bigger issue as I've looked into this. You know, the Lord has really been showing me how big this is. When I say big, not big in terms of it can't be something that God has already dealt with, but how pervasive it is, how pervasive it is and how it just weaves its way in and out. So... It can also cause us to have an anger that we don't quite understand or turn to an addiction or blaming others or blaming ourselves. It can also contribute to anxiety, depression and a low sense of worth. So we're getting down to the root cause of some things here this morning and Holy Spirit's going to help us just cut those roots off, cut those roots off, cut those roots off. So it can mean different things in different cultures as well because it's got to do with how we feel about ourselves. So... It can mean different things in different cultures or different organisations, in different families. It can be associated with a sense of failure. I didn't live up to the expectations of those around me. It can be to do with words spoken over us. Times of humiliation can open that door and sometimes the enemy has got in and reinforces his lies. He is a bad person, but he is a liar. That is not God's truth. God says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's who you are. Now, it can even cause us to back off from our relationship with God. Now, this is a big one, to not believe that we can walk in the presence of God or to doubt that God really loves us. Now, I remember when my mother spoke those words to me on the phone, I hadn't even realised that there was a doubt in my mind, but there was a feeling, I'm sure, that uh, the Lord used my mother to speak those words, God loves you. And what that did when she spoke those words, I would have thought, I know God loves me, but guess what? I wasn't feeling like God loved me because of the situation that I was in. And I remember how powerful those three words were in cutting through some of those things. So we know that none of this is God's truth about us and that God sees you are fearfully and wonderfully made. So how did Jesus deal with this when he was on the earth? He lifted people up and restored them, didn't he? He lifted them up and he restored them. The woman caught in adultery, which I won't go into this morning, but there are many numerous occasions where, in, where people were in places where the enemy was wanting to cover them in his lies. Jesus lifted them up. So the devil, the serpent, constantly tries to remind us of our past to steal that peace of mind that belongs to us through Jesus. That's what he does. Or often we may not have done anything wrong at all which actually was my case, (laughs) but simply had not been able to live up to the expectations of an organisation, a school, a workplace, a family. Sometimes it's a church, you know. We can not feel good about ourselves if we feel we can't live up to expectations. But there's only one person whose expectations matter and that's the Lord. And he's the one who has the answer, the solution. He's the one we're with. So the reality is that everyone has done something in their life which they're not proud of. That's the truth. So let's have a listen to Paul for a minute. This is really interesting. Paul, listen to his struggle in Romans seven twenty-two to 25. I'm just going to read it to you from the Passion Translation. Just listen to what's going on here. Listen to the words and listen to the heart and the soul of the person. Now, truly deep within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God. But I discern another power operating in my humanity, waging a war against the moral principles of my conscience and bringing me into captivity as a prisoner to the law of sin. In other words, I trip up sometimes. This unwelcome intruder in my humanity... Listen to this, what an agonising situation I'm in. What's he wrestling with? He's wrestling with the same things that we're wrestling with. When he trips up, I'm in an agonising situation. So who has the power to rescue this miserable man? He's absolutely miserable, that's what he's saying. Who has the power to rescue this miserable man from the unwelcome intruder of sin and death? I give all my thanks to God, for his mighty power has finally provided a way out Through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. So Jesus took our shame upon himself on the cross of Calvary for once and for all. Therefore, there is freedom here this morning. And he says, this is who you are. Okay. So how then should we live? What do we do about this? Here we have what the devil wants to put around us. Okay. The Bible says we wear shame like a cloak. We only wear it when we let him put it on us. Okay. Thank you, Tim. (laughs) We only wear it. Devil wants to put that on us. That's his lies. That's what he weaves. The Bible says it's clothed in shame. We are not anymore. But when he comes around, this is what he's trying to do. He's trying to get us to see ourselves like this. It's not how we really are. But he's trying to get us to see ourselves like this. God has clothed us in love. This is who we really are, and this is how God sees us. This is the cloak of love that God has placed over us. So, should we live clothed in shame? The fabric of that is the devil's lies. Or could we live clothed in the love of God, who sent his only son to bear it all on the cross? on our behalf, that we could be free. So we have said that we all experience this. We've said that we all trip up. Mm -hmm. We know the ways of the serpent who tries to come in and hang around and build this and get us to accept it. And it's in our mind. It's not the truth. We also know the truth of God. Should we live feeling like we need to back off from God? Or could we live in the unshakable security of his love. Should we live exposing the shame of others to everyone around us? Jesus didn't do that. Our media loves to do that. Our media does that all the time. Or could we live as Jesus did, as he went about restoring the lives and reputations of others? Jesus made the way that today we can walk in the glory of God's presence at all times, Clothed in His love, John one John four eight tells us that God is love. David said this in Psalm sixteen eight to eleven, and this scripture has already come up this morning. So Holy Spirit is all over what we're talking about this morning. David said this in the Passion translation: "Because You are close to me and always available, my confidence will never be shaken. For I experience Your wraparound present." Every moment. And his wraparound present looks like a cloak of love because God is love. And for us, there's a step further. We're carry of his presence, called to release his presence wherever we go. We walk with the help of Holy Spirit who helps us to be aware of his presence. So before the beginning of time, God in his love and mercy and goodness already had a plan to send Jesus to make a way for us to walk in his presence again to be clothed in the love of our Father and to release to Jesus all that is not ours to carry anymore. So what I'm going to do now, we're just going to have a look at a YouTube clip. This is from the Chronicles of Narnia. And for those who like Narnia, (laughs) some have seen it, some haven't, just very quickly, Narnia is a place and there are four children in the story and these children got themselves into all sorts of difficulties, all sorts of places that were threatening and, uh, and whatever. But at the end of the story, they found their way into where they really belonged. Aslan the lion is like the lion of the tribe of Judah, so let him speak to you this morning. Can we run that, TK? Listening Eastern Sea, I give you Queen Lucy, the valiant. Susan, the gentle. And to the clear northern sky, I give you King Peter, the magnificent. King. Once a king or queen of Namia, always a king or queen. May your wisdom embrace us until the stars rain down from there. So can I invite you to stand up in who you are? Let's just stand up. You're walking with the one who heals, the one who sets you free. You're walking clothed in the love of God. You're walking clothed in his glory and you're releasing his glory all around you. The devil is a liar and a thief and you've been equipped this morning to recognise his ways. And I invite you this morning to make a decision that from this moment forwards, that you will choose what you will wear. That you will choose what is not yours to wear and choose to remind yourself that you walk like David in the wraparound presence of a loving God. So I'm going to pray, then I'm going to ask the worship team to come up because we're going to praise God and just seal this breakthrough. But can I pray? Holy Spirit, we just thank you. And I just ask right now, in the name of Jesus, that Holy Spirit, you would move amongst us. Holy Spirit, that you would heal every memory right now, even whether we we know it or we don't know it, that you would go into all of those places in our lives where the devil has come and tried to place shame upon us every word that's been spoken we break it off right now in the mighty name of Jesus every situation that we've walked through any time we've slipped up whatever it is Lord would you bring your healing into those places right now and we just choose to release that to you right now in Jesus name come on we're going to take off that cloak of shame we don't want it we take it off you feel like you want to take it off any residue of it right now we just cut it off we take it off we throw it away. We don't want this. Doesn't belong to us. It's gone. Thank you Jesus. And we receive the cloak of God's love. We receive it. It's already there, but we choose to see it. Our minds are powerful. What we see in our mind is so powerful. We see ourselves wrapped in the love of God, clothed in the love of God. And he did that from the beginning of time in the garden despite what Adam and Eve did God still loved and God has not stopped loving so can I encourage you to remember that can I encourage you even in your time in the Lord with the Lord this week to ask him to show you and ask him to help you if there's anything that's hanging around but I believe that he's really wanting us to stand up in this right now and that when that those situations arise and they may arise again You know, we live in a fallen world. We live in a a world that things happen. But when things happen, it may be something we've done. It may not be anything we've done. Whatever it is, when those feelings come upon us, we reject them right now in the name of Jesus because they are not God's truth. And we choose to see the Lord around us at all times. And even as we said this morning, Lord, if you can be against us, sorry, if you are for us, who can be against us? Nobody is against you nobody is against you that God has not already overcome by the power of the cross Jesus has already overcome so what we're going to do now is we're going to we're going to raise a shout and we're going to be joyful now of what Jesus has done and we're going to walk out of here in praise and in the joy of the knowledge of the truth heaviness goes right now in Jesus name heaviness is not ours it's down here we don't want this heaviness is gone 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 under the fleet of Jesus, gone, love, love flow, love flow right now, love of the Father, just flow right now into every heart, just surround us, make us aware. See, it's the job of the Holy Spirit, it's the function of the Holy Spirit to make us aware. So Holy Spirit, let us know that unending, that deep powerful love of the Father who fights for you, who is jealous for you, who loves you so much, who says you are awesome, who stands you up just as we saw those children being crowned. There's a crown on your head. There's a robe around you and it's a robe of royalty because you belong to the kingdom of God. So let's rejoice and give God all the praise. Yes. Amen.